Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere soccer league show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans. Welcome to the NPSL soccer show here on Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Tonight's going to be a fantastic show because we're going to have on the brand new kids coming to the league, the new kids on the block, shall we say. We've got Panthenikos Chicago coming in, the Georgia Storm coming in, the Florida Roots coming in, and we also have Southern States SC coming in. But of course, we are going to kick it off a little bit later on with the chairman of the MPSL, Mr. Kenny Farrell, will be joining us tonight uh, before we talk to some of the clubs that will be starting their venture in the National Premier Soccer League in 2021. This is going to be a hell of a show. It's going to be a great show. I'm very excited because, you know, let me just say this. When you have clubs coming into the professional ranks, or at least those amateur ranks, or any ranks that are affiliated with U.S. soccer, brand new clubs coming in, you know, you're adding on to already a stacked list of clubs that have done so much for their rep- uh, representative leagues in their divisions, their conferences, and their regions. You want to see what these new kids are going to do, the new kids on the block, shall we say. They're going to come in, and they're going to try and prove their worth. They're going to say, you know what? This is why we came to these leagues, or in particular the MPSL. We came to this league for a reason. We want to be big time. We want to feel like we can compete with the best of the best. And that's why these clubs want to make the next move up. And I don't blame them for making the next move up. The MPSL has proven to be one of the top leagues in this country in those levels of where they are currently. Of course, you know there's always going to be USL League 2 and everything else. But still, though, the MPSL has shown why that they're strong, why that they're great, and why it is a league that, in reality they can continue to grow in and improve and get better. And plus, it makes up for, well, we don't know if we'll have new rivalries, new derbies coming in, but it should be interesting to watch and to see and how, where they're going to be. That's the most important thing. Where they're going to be, who they're going to play with and against, and have as much fun as possible doing it. This is why... I enjoy covering this league ever since I was asked to become a media partner for the NPSL. I I really believe that um, these clubs, they're going to come in here. They're not naive. We all know that. It's a top league. It's a top-notch league. And once again, all you can say is, is that they want competition. They're ready to move on. They're ready to move forward. Now, obviously, with the whole pandemic of the current 
Paris. That's been tough, of course, for the NPSL. They have all their clubs play, unfortunately, uh, with this whole situation. Um, and all you can say is is that it's tough not to have uh, regular season clubs, regular season matches being played. And that's a shame. Even though the ENPSL did a wonderful job, a wonderful job of having some of these clubs going into uh, these battles electronically, once again, it is a situation where we just got to make sure, and hopefully, if there is going to be a cure, if there is going to be a vaccine, that we will have it ready to go and we can get this NPSL 2021 season underway. That's the most important thing. And hopefully we can get matches in, get games in, maybe a spurt amount of fans, maybe all the fans, maybe no fans. But still, though, if we can get these leagues, if we can get our NPSL league back on track, get ready to go, then I don't think there's going to be a problem. One thing I will say is this, and and to me, this to me is probably uh, the best thing that I have seen when it comes to the U.S. Open Cup. And we all were worried about, obviously, no Open Cup in 2020. Will there be those teams allowed to keep their spots for the 2021 season? And thankfully, they are. Because the truth is, no matches being played in NPSL, no matches being played in USL League 2, and the amateur leagues... The amateur teams that probably would have, uh, you know, registered for the qualifying, they never, they never qualified. So those teams that were qualified and ready to go in 2020 are ready to go in 2021. I mean, my goodness, Denton Diablos getting their opportunity, Atlantic City FC getting an opportunity. These clubs going forward and getting ready to have some fun. My God, this is going to be fantastic that they're still going to get their free shot here at the Open Cup starting in round one. So I cannot wait to see how this situation will get started in 2021. Still some questions, I guess, for some people maybe. Once again, we'll have to see. Once again, we're still in this pandemic. It's really tough. It's it's uh, very, very hard to go through. Through something like this, I know it has been for myself uh, at times. Thankfully, though, uh, EMPSL was there for us to uh, us and talk and talk to those that were involved in it. You know, owners were involved in it, people who they selected uh, to be gamers, professional gamers. You know, and I and I still can't believe I actually am saying that professional gamers, professional gamers who are playing EA Sports for prize money and for an actual trophy to go forward. And hopefully we can get that back out there. I mean, to me, uh, I think it's a wonderful idea, uh, you know, not just to have it as a one-off, but I think it would be great to do it again, and we'll see what clubs will be participating in it. You never know. There might be a limit. Maybe there's more. We'll have to wait and see what the situation will be. But once again, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions 
going forward here with about 2021 protocols that are going to happen. Obviously, um, the entire situation with the coronavirus is still ongoing. It's not completely gone. Um, We really have to stay strong and vigilant, please. We have to remain strong and vigilant. We have already seen uh, cases popping up, uh, whether it be in the professional ranks, the amateur ranks. Uh, We've been seeing it, of course, in other sports like the National Football League. I know the Tennessee Titans have already suffered a couple of times with the coronavirus outbreaks, and at the same time, they've illegally uh, practiced at a different area, which they should not have, period. But, you know, what are you going to do? We have already seen uh, cases of false positives pop up, too, and Thankfully, that false positives have popped up because it doesn't mean that they have it, even though I don't know how you get that with a false positive, but hopefully we won't. But still, though, um, we have seen, I would say, you know, not a lot of situations. And, you know, the one thing is this, and I can definitely say this about the coronavirus um, being a real pain in the butt. Here I am um, in New Jersey, northwest New Jersey. I am in between – I'm in a small town in between Wayne, New Jersey and Parsippany, New Jersey. Um, And their – Parsippany is just next door to me. Wayne is probably about another another town in between where I am. Um, And for those of you that are familiar with this particular uh, sandwich shop – rest stop slash gas station with, uh, you know, everything involved, you know, whether you want to get a sandwich, get a drink, get a coffee, an iced coffee, um, soda machine, um, lottery tickets, or, you know, your cigarettes, your candies or whatever. Of course, it's, I'm talking about Wawa. Um, my Wawa, very close by, is now closed for the next three weeks. And I found this out um this past thursday on the 16th excuse me on the 15th of october um they had a coronavirus outbreak in there they i had no idea cuz the last time i was there uh was about maybe a week and a half ago and i'm fine there's no problem with me everything's okay but you know they had an outbreak someone walked in there infected with it and so they had to close it down I guess they had to scrub the entire place. I went in there Thursday. It was all uh, yellow taped up saying do not cross the line. And I, but the gas station was available inside the area. And so I asked them what happened. Yeah, coronavirus. Someone walked in who was infected. They didn't tell anybody. Don't know if it was a worker. I don't know if it was a customer. But I know that some, But all I know is someone was infected with it. And they had the nerve to walk in there and infect the store so hopefully it's been taken care of but they did say another three four weeks between three to four weeks i believe or maybe even five weeks could be more than uh a month that particular location uh, i can't get to so once again we have to remain strong and vigilant about this entire situation with coronavirus we gotta stay strong we gotta stay vigilant please continue to wear your masks okay but once again Pardon me. Um, I'm excited about 2021. Four new clubs coming in. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Where they will be placed, 
uh, I guess some will be more obvious than others, but for sure, it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, those clubs are Florida Roots FC, the Georgia Storm. We also have uh, Panathinaikos from Chicago, Panathinaikos, Chicago. Now, I don't know if they're related to the Greek club Panathinaikos, but you never know. It could be. And, of course, Southern States SC, where they'll be located, I don't know. My guess, though, for regional purposes, um, if I would say Panathinaikos, Chicago will be in the Midwest region, uh, could be in the Great Lakes Conference could be in the North Conference. So we'll see what happens there. The rest, I would definitely say in the South region, um, we'll definitely could say it could be um, a Sunshine Conference with all those other Florida teams that are involved. But because they are close to the Gulf, Florida Roots, because they're based, going to be based in Panama City, my guess would be the Gulf Coast League. But we'll have to wait and see, you know, what will happen, how it's going to happen, and where the situation will be for these four clubs. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this show rolling. Let's get this show underway. Uh, joining me right now to talk about these four clubs and the future for 2021 of the National Premier Soccer League, it is the chairman of the league, Mr. Kenny Farrell, returns to discuss this situation with me uh mr chairman thank you very much for coming back on the show very excited to hear about four new clubs coming into the league and other things that uh, you would like to discuss welcome back and maybe the chairman is not there yet i thought he was maybe we're going to try again or we'll have to wait and see if he calls in um mr farrell are you there no. Nope, not yet. So we're just waiting. That was probably somebody else. We'll just have to wait for uh, the chairman to call in. I got a little excited there. <laughs> but we're getting ready to go. Hopefully he'll be coming on in a couple more seconds, and we'll just have to wait and see till he gets on. But this is what the live audio streaming show does. We're going to have a little fun, have a little issues here and there. But anyway... Um, as I've said already, we're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen uh, going forward. And then, of course, we'll have other guests coming on once again. We'll have a nice long list of guests coming in uh, after the chairman does call in. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. But other than that, it should be a lot of fun. It should be exciting. It should be uh, tons of fun. And I personally cannot wait to see how this whole situation uh, will happen. Now we're just waiting for the chairman to call in at 8.15. Of course, it's 8.15 right now uh, to talk about the future of the NPSL as we get ready to have some fun here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about all the things NPSL as we move forward. So if I can see if I can try and uh, make my own phone call here. But once again, you know, four clubs coming in to the NPSL. Um, it really is exciting to get brand new sides that are coming over. Brand new sides 
coming in to discuss the league. Brand new sides coming in to have some fun and just very, very, uh, very, very entertaining stuff here as we get ready uh, to talk about the uh, NPSL moving forward. And we're going to try and see if we can uh, get the chairman on once again. And hopefully, hopefully, we can discuss the future of the league moving forward. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen here. So, um, once again, this should be a lot of fun. And hopefully... We can get uh, the chairman on the show, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen here. So let me see if I can if I have his phone number here, so I can give him a call. And uh, once again, we'll just have to. Uh, Wait and see what's going to happen moving forward. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun here. So let's see if we can try this phone number again. And we will uh, wait and see what will happen. Try that again moving forward. And let's see if we got him right Goodbye. now. Okay, so let's try that again. Call again later. Let's see. Goodbye. Here. All right, so we're having an issue right now trying to contact Chairman Kenny. Fer- uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Trying, we're having a little bit of an issue uh, connecting with uh, Kenny Farrell, chairman of the NPSL. Try and hopefully get him back in a little bit as we uh, continue on with the show going forward. And so, so we'll just have to wait and see uh, when he does come on, and hopefully he'll come on as soon as possible. So just got to make a uh, – just move forward here. So we're just going to have to wait uh, till he gets in here. I would love to talk to him about uh, NSL course in the future. We're going to try again, see if that's a number. And hold on one second. So let's see if hello? this is the one that he is calling in. Yes, hello. Hello, I'm calling hello? in. Uh, I have Ke- I have Kenny Farrell on the line. Thank you very much. All right, please hold. Thank you. Kenny, do we have you called in? Yes. Yeah, um, Fantastic. Have you got me? 
Okay. We got you. Thank I you. Yes, I have. I, I hear you I very well, Kenny. <laughs> That's okay. We got you now. Okay. How you doing? Very well, Kenny. The chairman of the NPSL, Kenny Farrell, is now joining us uh, through help with his assistant. Um, first of all, welcome back to the show, Kenny. Thank you for calling in. Um, all I can ask you is this. Uh, when you have four clubs that want to make their mark in the National Premier Soccer League, what does that mean to you to have these four clubs coming in? What it means is um, the work we've been doing over the years and the way we've been tested trying to provide the highest level we can at this level of soccer, which is basically Division Four in the United States, um, we're providing the best option out there. And we stay focused on building a league that is built with owners and investors and, you know, for them it's coaches and players as well, that are focused on the business side of it. We're, we're building we're building in cities, towns, counties um, that are making an impression in their own towns. But it's not just putting a soccer team on the field. It's coming in and producing a an organization um, with business-minded people that, again, invested in the game, that see the future and see the niche that we have at our level um, and the gap, I suppose, as I've, I've, we spoke about this before, in the marketplace in the U.S., that no one is filling that division for. And then looking at the plan for the future for the MPSL, it is um, very gratifying and satisfying that people are analyzing this, especially coming out of COVID and saying this is where I want to be going forward. And um, I think, you know, we have four right now, and I think there's, there's multiple to come in the next couple of months. So that's what it means for not just me, but I think for the league, for the staff, and for, for everybody that puts time into this league, that's what it means to us. That's fantastic to hear. And, you know, I'm very excited to see more clubs coming to the NPSL that will make it better and stronger uh, moving forward. And, you know, uh, this must have been a large channel going through the pandemic that all of us had to go through. I mean, you, you know, the ENPSL Cup, if I can just get to that for a minute, that was probably sure. the, the biggest stroke of genius that uh, the league has devised and has kept, you know, people interested in the NPSL granted, you know, through the web, electronically, and just having fun watching <clears throat> matches, but it's not real people. It's just video games. No, it's fantastic. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to that. And and it was the staff that came up with it with some, you know, ideas of what we can do in the off-season. And this was something we had spoken about at the board level. And they decided to take it on as a project. They had the time now that we weren't running the season. They put this together. And I found that when the New Orleans Jesters were playing, which is my club, obviously, I was getting emotionally involved in these games. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was phenomenal. You know, it's phenomenal. It was like I, I didn't know what to expect from it. But what it did in the big, laugh, in the big run is it, it, it kept the brands alive uh, in, in a tough time. It's moving into the future. It wasn't really uh, delineated out in our, you know, long-term plan, you know, a five-year plan for the for the league. But it's now a big, a big uh, component of it. So we're looking at to see how we expand that 
fans get behind it. You get behind your club no matter what. Whatever, you know, whether it's New Orleans or any other team, Florida Roots or any of the new teams that came in, your fans will get behind it and support it. So it's been a great addition. I can't take any credit for that, but I have supported it, um, you know, since it started and found that I was actually getting emotionally involved in games that were just, you know, like I was, you know, that uh, I don't know how to explain it really. I'm watching the computer trying to go to bed. And, uh, and, and I'm watching the Jesters lose to somebody, and I'm getting upset about it. But that's what soccer is. I think it was a stroke for Denise. I want to give the credit and to us about that. But it's something that we're going to build on, continue in the future, and expand on in the future too. And I think you've hit something big here because, you know, I've talked with uh, some of the owners, some of the gamers uh, a couple of shows ago. And I, I know definitely um, Sa- uh, Central Florida Panthers, Giovanni Calafero, you know, he got into it too. He was really big into it. I know Las Vegas Legends were into it, uh, Duluth FC. Uh, many of yeah. these people that were involved in it, you know, they really were um, really happy to have some sort of involvement into this. And I, it's just like I said, you know, I admit I'm a bit of a dinosaur myself, but I can adapt. But, yeah, this yeah. is uh, fantastic to be a part of. Well, because it drew me into it, I'm becoming more educated on this stuff. It's not something that I used to think about and um, or was drawn to. But I am now drawn to it, and I think that's what it does. And when you say you're a little bit of a dinosaur or I am or whatever, it just shows you that your passion for your club is there. And it can become part of your overall business and part of your brand and part of your uh, kind of pride for your hometown. And um, I think it has a lot. I think it has a lot going for it in the future. I want to get to the Open Cup situation. Obviously, the 2020 edition is officially was canceled, but uh, mm-hmm. it was great to hear that the clubs that did qualify through NPSL playoffs were allowed to keep their spots for 2021. How happy were you when you heard that news? I'm very happy about that. I, I, I think that the, the NPSL has built a very good relationship with U.S. soccer when it comes to the Open Cup. And I got to learn the people that are running that, and they really are very thoughtful. They're becoming much more open-minded um, about... They really have a vision for the Cup, and they see us as a big part of that vision. We're um, basically the kind of the avenue that people can come through that make you know you look when you're looking for um, giant killers we might get one out of this league or two out of this league or we'll certainly get a good game out of it and they know that that's what makes it happen for the Open Cup having a good relationship is is very good but also them having the foresight and the vision to understand what that can, cup can be going forward. And what brings attention to that cup, I think you're going to make the cup over a period of time, it won't happen overnight, over a period of time become extremely relevant in the United Soccer uh, landscape. We're very happy with it. So am I. Um, When you look into the future for 2021, what are the plans for the MPSL to even become greater than before? Well, we laid out a plan last year. We, we've been, um, I wouldn't say we've been, uh, we've gone off track. We haven't, we've stayed on track. We've just slowed down a little bit because of the COVID. I think everybody understands that 2020 is a very extraordinary year 
And we laid out a plan uh, in 2019, the next five years, and we've moved ahead on some parts of it. We've now started the, uh, we, we did a, a number 19 pilot league, which is very unique. It allows three over 23 players, sorry, three over 20 players on the team. And this is a league that has kicked off in the Gulf South, and the games have been extremely good. And I think this will develop into the second tier of the MPSL. It will be a national league. The pilot is coming to an end in the next few weeks. The games have been incredible. Um, and, and, and these are players that are coming through local, local, you know, the local community that the MPSL team is in, and they're vying for a place on the MPSL team. And this is a legitimate league governed by the MPSL. And um, that got off the ground. That's been fantastic. The MPSL got off the ground. That's going to grow. We've been looking to expand the uh, Classic League, which we become the Classic League, which is our summer league, and to see teams that want to play year-round and um, not necessarily uh, dominated by college players, but by, by the best players in their cities and in their communities that want to play at the very highest level. As I say, we're always considered Division Four in the United States, and I think that's something that we want to claim. And uh, can we play year-round? Can we have these games year-round? Can we provide that opportunity for those players? Maybe some players that need to come back into their towns and cities that can't afford a Division Three soccer. They need to come back and have, um, you know, to work in the community and play, you know, semi-pro or to play at a very, very high level um, and train very hard but wouldn't be the type of person that would go and play in a Division Three club somewhere. So I think that's growing. The Members' Cup, we ran one segment of that this year with Erie, uh, Cleveland, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh, I believe it was. And we have that mm-hmm. Members' Cup, which really grew out of the um, out of the teams that were looking to go pro prior to NISA and didn't know uh, things weren't working out for them. So we ran a Members' Cup, and that gives us the flexibility within that. That's in our purview to be able to work with that in any way whatsoever. As this year, we had COVID, but we had some teams that wanted to play in NPSL um, some games anyway, and we put together a little tournament, a little league for those, and uh, that went. So we can use that going forward to do things that are outside the regular um, system uh, as we build. So we're, we're excited about the Classic League. We've, we've got four announcements right now. I think we'll have 10 great announcements, but one thing I wanted to say is the new owners coming into the league are looking around and looking at the strength of our league and the vision of our league. And then they're looking around at other leagues. And I think we have proven coming out of COVID that we are legitimately there at this level. And that's where we want to be. We want to be that level. We want to, there, there's a gap in the market in the United States year-round um, for this level. We want to make that ours. We are better positioned than anybody to make that ours at the moment. And uh, we'll keep working towards that. And we'll stay very, very focused on it. Um, the projections for next year are good. But we knew there'd be some contraction, and we knew there'd be some expansion. We didn't realize the expansion groups would be as good as the ones that we have already announced and the ones that are lined up over the next month or two to come in. So I think the league is really, really moving in the right direction. One of the, um, you, know, you know, the way we, we feel about how we run this league is how can we create value and improve the value of the clubs that are members of this league. 
that's constantly in the back of our minds. And everything that comes across our table or our plate is like we go to that question, well, so how does that improve, you know, the value of the members, the membership of these clubs in our league and of their own particular um, teams and clubs in the communities? So we think about that all the time. We don't get distracted. And we keep working with other leagues, too, that are doing other stuff. But we're really, really focused on that stuff. So I'm very happy about where the MPSL is coming out of this um, strange 2020 year. We've made the best of a bad situation, obviously, I think, as you see with EMPSL and Pilot 19. And then with the expansion growing and, and as I say, the quality of the ownership groups that are coming in, I think the MPSL is going to be extremely significant going forward. That's what I love to hear, and that's what I can't wait for. Uh, Kenny, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, love to have you back on again to talk more about this uh, plans forward for 2021. Thank you again. Yeah. Have a good night. Still, please stay safe, and please be careful. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. The chairman of the NPSL, Mr. Kenny Farrell, joining me uh, tonight. And now we can move on to our first guest that is from one of the expansion sides joining me tonight. And this gentleman uh, joining me is the general manager of a brand-new club uh, to the NPSL, of course. It is called Southern States SC. Joining us tonight, Mr. Nigel Bolton. Uh, who is on the line with us right now. Nigel, good evening. How are you, and what's going on, sir? Good evening, Daniel. Very good. Everything's cool. It's uh, half time at our under-19 game just coming up in the Pilot League. So uh, as, as far as I know, it's still 0-0. Zero, zero. That's fantastic to hear. Now, Southern States SC, obviously you're somewhere in the south. Where is the club located, and in what state? Based out of... Uh, Hattiesburg in Mississippi. We're actually in one of the suburbs called Oak Grove. Our facility is called the Oaks, and it's uh, custom-built. We've designed it and uh, have built it to be a state-of-the-art facility. Right now we have one uh, full-size turf field, full-size grass field, uh, another youth-size grass field that we're using, and we're ready to go, go ahead with some others. We have an indoor futsal building that we've uh, constructed as well. And obviously for the NPSL um, senior team that will be playing in 2021, we're under construction right now with locker rooms, uh, concessions, bathrooms, offices, and, and the whole ball of wax. The whole ball of wax. I love to hear that. What, what, <laughs> how long has this club been, <laughs> how long has this, this club been around in the Hattiesburg, Mississippi area? Uh, we're a very new club. We started in 2015 with three teams, and uh, we've just slowly developed each year. It's been about growing in uh, quality and not in quantity. And then as uh, we're able to find the right personnel to uh, expand and move this club forward, that's what we've been doing. So um, we're probably looking at, uh, with COVID now, obviously there's been a, a hold in the numbers, so to speak. Um, we're probably at around, I would say, around 300 right now. Yeah, I know. It's been a really tough situation with this whole uh, coronavirus outbreak and the whole right. pandemic. And I'm just glad that everyone uh, by you hopefully is staying safe. They're staying vigilant. Look, I know I've I've had enough of the masks myself, but, you know, look, uh, until this whole situation has been taken care of, we just got to remain strong, vigilant, and we got to remain safe. Um, in which 
I, I obviously you'll be in the southern region. Uh, which conference will you be joining uh, for 2021? We'll be in, yeah, we'll be in the Gulf with um, New Orleans Jesters and uh, Mobile, Pensacola. Uh, I think as far down as unless there's a split at some point, I think we go as far as Jacksonville, Florida as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, which club are you itching to start a derby with? Which is the club? Because I'm assuming <laughs> well, hey. Alabama. Listen, I have to ask the question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, is, we, is it going to be Mobile? We, well, it's going to be in-state rivalry. We have Port City out of uh, Gulfport, which is actually the U19 Pilot League game that's being played right now. So we've already played them once. This is our home game with them, and so the rivalries are already in place. That's absolutely uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, what's it like to go? I mean, obviously, Mobile is one of the top cities uh, in the state of, uh, <clears throat> you know, in in the in that rivalry. Uh, you know what? What's been the chirping like? If I can ask that question. <laughs> um, well, I think it, we've not created too many waves right now. I don't think. I think um, probably once we start the turn of the new year, and we're about you know five months or so into the new season starting up, I think that's when all the bragging rights will start, and everybody will start looking at. Uh, who's going to be placing where. Obviously, we'll have a rivalry with uh, Kenny Farrell down at uh, the Jesters. Uh, me and him go back a long way. So that rivalry has already started as well because we, we, we tied with them earlier in the season 1-1. So rivalries are already on their way. And that's, that's good. fantastic. That's, good that's what I love to hear. Listen, don't forget now, you got to be nice and mean, you know, when it comes to, like, meeting the chairman, you know. You can't, let, you can't overdo it with him sometimes. you gotta be, you got to be professional. <laughs> well, the, the, good but, news, the good news is on the side of the field, we can all be competitive, but once we get off it, we're all working in the same direction. That's absolutely correct, and that's a wonderful thing to discuss. Um, how many players have... Uh, uh, your side, I know it's like you said, it's been not too long, but how, how many players like, have you developed that have gone uh, into uh, higher levels of American soccer or have gone internationally? Well, we've got uh, pretty much, we started back uh, five years ago with our, our, our oldest age group team then was 14. So that'll tell you where we are with kids coming through. Last year was the first year we put kids into college. Uh, straight from us, and obviously this year we're going to do the same. Um, so as as far as that goes, we're again new kids on the block. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Um, what have you partnered? I mean, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Obviously, is there any colleges or any other professional sports teams you've partnered with um, for you know uh, events or uh, you know uh, special special days at all or well, we, we're going to um, – we're in Hattiesburg, which is where the University of Southern Mississippi is, but they only have a, a women's soccer program. They don't have a men's program. We do have William Carey mm-hmm. University here, which in NAIA is a very strong team. Uh, in fact, I coached there for 12 years, so that's that's how I got myself into Hattiesburg. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we hope that uh, as we go on with this now – We'll get this U19 Pilot League finished, and our full concentration will be on where we're going and 
where we can help each other. We've already had a conversation with USM women about maybe playing some spring games. Their season has been put off for this fall and going into the spring. They don't have lights at their facilities, so we've talked to them about the possibility of playing a couple of evening games here at our facility. Now, that's fantastic to hear. So, if I can ask, uh, your manager who runs the club, or maybe you're the one who I should I should talk to about this. What's the what type of style do you have? What's your tactics and formations like when you're attacking uh, the opposition? Well, in t- I mean, obviously, I don't want to speak for our coach, but pretty much we have a four-three-three um, philosophy going through the club for teaching at the youth level. Seven to eight uh, of our current U19. Team, that, uh, team that's playing have come through our academy here so they're, they're probably 17, 18 year olds playing in that league so uh, the, the, the philosophy is the same, it's about uh, pressing, winning the ball back and quick quick breaks obviously speed is essential and uh, we try to play football, we don't play long balls um, we take our beating at the younger age group sometimes because we tend to try and play through the middle of the field and not, you know, just kick it over the top and chase it. So uh, we're trying to do things the right way. And uh, it takes a little bit of patience with parents because they always want to try and win. But we'll take that same philosophy into the uh, major NPSL season and uh, uh, everybody understand the way that we're playing is the same as we play throughout the whole club because we think it's the right way to play. Obviously, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I think you know where I'm going to go with this, obviously, with the U.S. <laughs> Open Cup. Um, you know, that's that's the tournament of all tournaments in this country right now. I mean, obviously, I'm, a, I'm going to assume you are originally from uh, from the uh, from England, from the United Kingdom. Obviously, the FA Actually Cup from has Wales. been a... Uh, oh, you're from Wales? Okay. So you are from yep. the United Kingdom anyway, so that's even good. But yep. even you know, I mean, uh, with, with some clubs from Wales in a part of the uh, the Premier League, uh, you know, through the entire system of uh, of English football. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming there's a Welsh FA Cup as well if for Wales' own yeah. league. I mean, yeah. I mean, how how significant would that be one day to you know get into the playoffs, qualifying uh, to get one of those positions to qualify for the Open Cup uh, somewhere down the road? What would that be for you? for the area and for your players, especially your manager, uh, that obviously that's one of the goals that your club is going to be fighting for. Well, we're certainly going to look at trying to be competitive from the first day forward. Uh, that's going to revolve around our recruiting, obviously, and the, the level of the players that we can bring in for this first season. But uh, we're hoping not to go in as an expansion team that's going to take its licks for the first year or two. We want to try and be competitive. But to put a timeline on, uh, you know, when are we going to be competitive enough that we might be knocking on the door at playing in the the, uh, later rounds of the Open Cup, uh, I don't think you can hold me down to that at this moment in time. But it would be absolutely fantastic. I've done runs in the Cup myself, as you say, from coming from... uh, from the United Kingdom, and uh, they are the most exciting things when you get those games against supposedly higher-level teams and you're able to uh, do the uh, giant killing act and, uh, you know, Goliath falls to the floor again and uh, you do your David impersonation. So they're fantastic times. 
you get it in college, you know, as well. Not so much uh, as going through on a run to a cup final, let's say, but typically in conferences you get the, the, the giant killers sometimes. But to do it on a cup run where you're consistently for maybe – three or four games beating a higher level opposition. It's, it's a fantastic experience. So everybody wants to, to, to be a part of that. I want to ask you this. I mean, many people are aware about the, the rich soccer history some of the states or some of these cities have uh, that are well-known. Obviously, St. Louis, uh, Kearney, New Jersey, right. uh, not far away yeah. from where I'm from. California has been well. Georgia um, even up in Massachusetts, and even yeah. there's talent in New York, New, in New York City, New, New York State area. What is it about the Mississippians uh, with the talent you're able to watch from where you are when you were managing in the college ranks? Now you're GMing here with the Southern States. What talent have you seen uh, from Mississippi that has caught your eye? Well, there's certainly some talent here that uh, can go on and play at the level we're looking at. What we don't have is the um, the breadth of talent. Um, there's going to be a few kids that are, you know, pushing that upper limit, and there's going to be a bunch of kids that are going to be in that middle to upper level, and it's going to be really, really tough for those kids um, to make it through. The, the part of the problem with being in a more rural area like Hattiesburg would be a lot of the southern states other than the big cities is you have to travel so much to get uh, quality games and to get competitive games and that's definitely a stumbling block to becoming a good player when you're coming out of smaller areas Um, if you look at where we are in Hattiesburg to go to any major city that's got any kind of uh, uh, soccer to speak of you've got Atlanta which is six hours away from us as being an MLS team and then you've also got six hours the other way to Dallas for, for another MLS team. Um, I think Nashville going north is uh, similar, probably five hours, something like that. So the travel to even see quality games is not really there for these kids in this area. And that's part of the reason why we've done this NPSL league is because it fills a gap. It fills the bridge between those kids who maybe are not going to go in straight into an MLS team anywhere, but they could possibly go to an MLS level, uh, sorry, to an MPSL level, and then maybe move on from there at a later date. But it gives them another thing to aim at. They can see better players. I like the idea of our U19 league right now where we can use overage players so that uh, the younger kids get to experience uh, a little bit more from playing against the older players and not just playing against them, but training with them every day as well. So, it's all plus plus in that respect. And all we can do is do the best we can to strengthen um, the commitment that we have to the kids in this area to try and make them even better players than they already are. It's just the, it's a numbers game, as you can imagine. Mr. Bolton. Mississippi has, Yeah. Well, oh, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. what you're saying. And uh, I don't, and I understand, you know, it's, it's tough in certain areas. I mean, you know, in the Northeast, it's easy to drive around. It's easy to get to you know, get right. to these other areas. Right. They're kind of stretched, and uh, that's a problem. Just like uh, defending, you get stretched and you get scored on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big problem. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the problem but for our youth, just, te- our youth teams as well, as you know. 
Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And hopefully they can get as much quality minutes and as much quality matches as possible, and hopefully they can do well there as well. Uh, Mr. Bolton, thank yeah. you for your time. Good luck next season in the NPSL. Uh, please remain strong. Please remain vigilant and stay safe through this whole pandemic. Good luck, and uh, hope to talk to you I've, again down the road. Will do. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, and that was Mr. Nigel uh, Bolton, General Manager of Southern States SC. And now we're going to move on to our next guest. And, of course, this gentleman here is the General Manager of the Georgia Storm. It could be a perfect storm for this club if they play their cards right in 2021 of the NPSL. And I have on the line a Mr. Stephen Bivens joining me, the General Manager of the club. Mr. Bivens, good evening, and how are you? Hey, Daniel, I'm doing well, and that's right about the perfect storm. We're excited to uh, to see how that plays out this next year. How's it going? That's going very well. I hope you and your family is uh, uh, safe and sound through this whole uh, pandemic and everyone's doing well. Yeah, we are. We're uh, taking all the necessary uh, precautions for staying safe. That's great. That's wonderful to hear. Um, so... Georgia Storm, uh, how did this club get started? How long has it been in operation? And uh, where were you before coming to the NPSL? Yeah, so Georgia Storm uh, was founded about six years ago in 2014 as a youth club in West Georgia. Um, and when we started, we were looking to really just field a couple of teams based on, you know, the small uh, market of Carrollton, but then we quickly realized that there was a big interest in youth soccer in West Georgia in total. And so when we when we hosted our first round of tryouts, we actually had enough players to field about 20 teams. Um, so we grew pretty quickly in the area, and we've established ourselves as a strong um, youth club all the way up to the U19 level. Um, and now we're looking for our next step as a youth club moving into the MPSL. What's it like, obviously, you know, Atlanta United uh, has really taken the reins, so to speak, when it comes to being the professional side, uh, running the Peach State. Obviously, you'll still have the Silverbacks, uh, but still, though, it looks like Atlanta United has really taken over the reins, so to speak, as the top-level club in the entire state of Georgia. Right, yeah, and when Atlanta United came onto the scene, it was just a big explosion of excitement um, among all the soccer fans and players in the area. And I, I think what's going to be unique for us is we're going to be based um, a good bit outside of the city, so we'll be able to really es- establish ourselves in the community for you know some of those soccer fans and players who aren't willing to make the hour drive into Atlanta to watch a game. Um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna work with some of those people and some of those uh, organizations in the community to just grow our presence because um, we are a good bit out. But it is exciting to have such a such an awesome MLS soccer club in the area because it has um, brought a tremendous amount of excitement about the game of soccer. And you see people now instead of going you know into into football as a youth sport, people are starting to play soccer a lot more. So the the sport of soccer is really growing um, in and around Atlanta. So it's it's a really exciting time for us. Now, what conference will you be located in? Obviously, you're going to be in the South region. Which conference will you be joining? Yeah, we'll be competing in the Southeast Conference. 
um, along with like Georgia Revolution has been there in the past. Um, Nash, Inter Nashville FC is there and some other new clubs as well. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Georgia Revolution. I know really badly how Georgia Revolution has done a wonderful job, uh, not just being in the NPSL, but of course uh, competing in the Open Cup. Long time ago, I had them on my Open Cup uh, review shows, and I know um, at the time they were taking on the Silverbacks in one of the earlier rounds. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the gentleman uh, who was running the club, or at least was the, general, the head coach, but I remember those famous words from a past show, there will be blood. Is that what <laughs> you're aiming for, sir? <laughs> Maybe something like that, and and me being the uh, the GM of Georgia Storm, I actually played for the Georgia Revolution uh, in twenty six or twenty seventeen, and I was part of the roster in twenty eighteen as well. So I I know the club very well, and I know it'll be exciting to uh, to see how we match up in our in our local derbies in the next couple seasons. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. What's it like? Obviously, I, I, I really should I shouldn't really ask you this question yet, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway. When you're a former player of a certain club that you've played for for it doesn't matter a year, two years, maybe ten years, and then you return in management, and then you have to face that same club uh, later on uh, as a uh, as a general manager or even as a head coach, uh, you face that old club you were a part of for a certain amount of time. What, what's that feeling like? When now, like you said, you're going to be in this, well, actually in the East region, but in the Southeastern Conference uh, to take on a club like Georgia Storm. I mean, Georgia Revolution, excuse me. Right, right. Uh, well, I have nothing but respect for uh, Georgia Revolution. They, they were great to me as a player. And even coming into this process, we've had many conversations with them. Um, but it will be exciting because I know we both are in the mindset of competing and we want to win. So it will be good to see how that plays out because, you know, I think we both respect each other enough to, to give each other some good games and really compete for that, that best spot in Georgia. I bet it will. I bet it will be. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, moving forward, obviously, were you able to invite former Georgians or shall I say former Georgians that were part of the U.S. men's national team? Obviously you have Josh Wolf. Uh, who has scored plenty of goals for the national team, uh, especially that big World Cup qualifier at Columbus against Mexico. You got Clint Mathis, uh, who's made his name uh, playing for back in the day the Metro Stars, and uh, of course New York Red Bulls, the same club, just different name, who scored that famous goal uh, in Honduras in World Cup qualifying uh, in the uh, second game against host South Korea back in 2002 have you ever reached out to them or former members of the national team who are from georgia to talk to your players or at least entertain them uh to talk to your players about what it's like being professional and how to move forward right we actually have not um we've had some interaction um with like josh wolf but nothing uh specifically and it would be great if we could get in get in uh some sort of conversation with them about that because I know a lot of the Georgia youth players look up to players like that and are um, aspiring to be something like that and make a huge contribution uh, on a national team level. So we haven't done that, but we would definitely uh, maybe reach out and try that. Well, hopefully we have not lost him. 
Oh, can you hear me now? Sorry. I hear you now. Yep. Go ahead, please. Hey. Um, yeah, so we, we haven't specifically had any interaction with uh, with those players, but I know a lot of players in Georgia look up to, to guys uh, like Clint Mathis and, and Josh Wolf and aspire to be something like that. Um, we have had uh, a couple players um, that our coaching staff has brought up. For example, George Bello is from his hometown, is, uh, is base where we're going to play. Um, and he's, you know, he's starting for Atlanta United as an outside back now. He kind of grew up in our, in our youth system, which was pretty cool to see. So we have, you know, we have a lot of our youth players having eyes on, on those spots and moving up and, and making big contributions on a national level. When, when you watch some, like, like you said, you've had like George Bellow, who's now with Atlanta United. Uh, I mean, have some of your players had the opportunity to go straight into the Atlanta United uh, youth system or the academy system, or at least join straight up to their USL Championship League 2 for the, the two-team? We haven't had any other players specifically. Um, George Bello did kind of make his his, uh, his pass through our club to another club and then into the Atlanta United system. Um, but we have some other players that have gone into Division One college soccer. Um, we've got several scholarships from our players going into Division One, um, but, but not, not too much to the Atlanta United Academy specifically. Mhm. Mhm. I and I and I have to ask you this question anyway. Obviously like we've I've I've talked with uh Nigel um you know once again it's the Open Cup, you know, it it's like the holy grail of uh professional and amateur soccer all rolled up into one. Um there's a big opportunity obviously not now, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh not trying to put pressure on your team at all, but you know uh, many teams try to make a big run. They try to go forward from their opening round all the way up to uh, third round, fourth round. You've got some powerhouses in USL Championship League. Obviously, facing the uh, an MLS team is probably the next best thing uh, that you hope for. You know, what would it be like for some of your players to at least, you know, entertain the thought if you ever make it to the Open Cup? Yeah, I mean the Open Cup is is obviously one of the one of the great things about playing in the NPSL is the opportunity to participate in that if you compete. And I think we are we are looking to compete um, and win in our first year um, and second year because looking at our conference, there has been a good bit of mix up in the conference, and there's really only one to two teams that have established themselves in the last two two to three years in the Southeast Conference. So in my mind, this this Southeast Conference is really up for grabs in the in the next year or two, and so we'll be hoping to to do that. And then if we can get to that Open Cup level and and play against some some higher level teams, that would be a, a great experience for us. And it'd be great to put um, our community on the map and let everyone know that there is competitive soccer in West Georgia, regardless of what you might think about Atlanta and all that. So we're really excited about that. Oh, I bet you are. And, you know, obviously we all know it's the eastern part of the state that's the most exciting, but that's the hope here is that you're in the western part of the state and uh, if you can get people excited uh, for what's going to happen somewhere down the road, then they'll keep on coming and coming and coming. Um, you know, once again, um, a lot of talented clubs here in the NPSL and a lot of wonderful moments, of course, when you have some of these uh, – games in the regular season, obviously in the playoffs, the finals and everything. Well, I mean, when you get ready for 2021, what will be the first goal besides being competitive against your uh, opponents? 
Yeah, so, and even off the field as well, we're looking to, to build a strong um, business model with a club that can, that'll, that'll be around in the next couple of years financially and competitively on the field. Um, so we're in the process of bringing in players. Um, so we're looking to bring in top local talent and also bring in some players from around the region. So that way we can make our mark um, in this first season and hopefully finish in the top three or four in this uh, Southeast conference in our first year. So that way we can look forward to getting into the open cup as soon as possible. And my final question for you is this, your tactics and formations, what, the, what have you been doing or your manager uh, for this club? What suits Georgia Storm when attacking and defending the ball? Yeah, so we'll be looking to play a very attacking style um, uh, form of soccer. We'll bring in a lot of players that are versatile and can play multiple positions and are very um, athletic as well. We'll look to keep the ball, but we're going to look to get forward and get into the attacking third and keep the ball moving. Um, we'll most likely play something like a 4-5-1, maybe a little bit flexible on that. But we're looking to, to play a very versatile attacking um, style of soccer to make it entertaining for our players and for our fans in West Georgia. Absolutely. Mr. Bivens, thank you for your time. I always appreciate it. Please remain strong and vigilant. I hope you and your family are well through this pandemic. Good luck in 2021, and I hope you guys do well. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for having me, Daniel. Thank you. No pro. Thank you. Uh, and once again, that is Mr. Uh, Stephen Bivens, general manager of the uh, Georgia Storm, as they're going to get ready to go uh, in this uh, southeastern conference in the east region it should be exciting and it should be a lot of fun my uh, next guest tonight the gentleman comes from the state of florida around the panhandle of florida it should be a fun time uh, for this club they're called the florida roots joining me right now is the general manager of the club mr larry now if i apologize if i uh, butcher your name it's not my goal but if i do i apologize is it uh, Cicchini? You're close. It's Cicchini. Cicchini. Thank you very much. See? Yes. You only get close if it's uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. But that's that's what I've heard. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> General Manager of Florida Roots Soccer Club, Football Club. Uh, good evening. And uh, hope you and your family are doing well through this whole pandemic. We are. Thank you very much. No, no problem at all. So... I did take a look to see where you guys are. You are in the panhandle in Panama City. Panama City, look, I'm not trying to, um, you know, insult you, but as whenever I hear Panama City, I hear about Spring Break and MTV. That's from my past. I'm sorry. That's all I know about it. But please inform us, what does Panama City mean to you, and, and, and how have they uh, taken – uh, a hold of your football club. Yeah, actually, there's actually two sister cities there. There's Panama City and there's Panama City Beach. Um, Panama City Beach is probably what you're referring to with regards to your memories of spring break, but uh, they are just separated by a bridge, and we actually will be, you know, drawing players from both the Panama City Beach and Panama City area. Uh, like you said, we're on the panhandle there. Uh, sometimes we're called the Forgotten Coast out there. Uh, that's one of the reasons we wanted to try to bring this opportunity uh, to to some of our players coming playing out of this area because 
they're really not offered a lot of opportunities to do anything else. And we think having this prize out there for them is really going to push them and the local clubs to, to have uh, something to aspire to. You know, when you look at the state of Florida as a whole, uh, there's many clubs here that have really a bunch of rich history. Uh, the players that get developed here. I mean, obviously, um, in southern Florida, there's Con, uh, De La Fuente, who is with Barcelona right now. Um, who you know, I was amazed that this 16, 17-year-old kid from South Florida made it to Barcelona. And to me, that was like the biggest dream come true because – Nothing against the Premier League, nothing against La Liga, no, I mean, excuse me, nothing against the Premier League or the Bundesliga or Serie A. But if you ever get an American player in La Liga to adapt and play that high-tempo technical style and you ratchet it up with a guy like Lionel Messi on Barcelona, especially on Barcelona, I mean, you know, to see Conrad getting that opportunity, do you wish that for some of your players that are going to be a part of this club down the road? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of our drivers, right, is, you know, I mentioned before about the Forgotten Coast. Um, because of our location, uh, you know, I was listening earlier to your show with uh, Nigel, the manager of the Southern States. We we probably have some of the same challenges he does in that, you know, we have to travel two hours to play, you know, really good quality teams, even up to four hours to re- really play the top quality teams. Um, but So we don't get a lot of opportunities for our players to get recognized, and we're hoping through – the NPSL, we can have that opportunity now to travel out to some of these other teams in the Gulf Coast region, you know, the Jacksonvilles, Pensacola's, New Orleans, and get these guys some of the exposure that they haven't had a chance to have before. And you will be in the Gulf Coast uh, Conference then, correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. Okay, so you're going to be you're going to have your hands full regardless so <laughs> right right so it's exactly really, and we we have no we have no misgivings about that right i mean that's i mean you could tell by our name right uh, that's we really put a lot of thought into hey you know the name of the club being the florida roots was really tied back to how can we support you know our local area not just our local area even players in the panhandle all the way from tallahassee to pensacola to give them the opportunity to be able to showcase their talents. So, yeah, we know we have a, we have a, you know, a, a hard road ahead of us, but uh, we think there's, there's some talent here. Certainly we don't have any, you know, misgivings about, you know, you know, qualifying for playoffs in year one, but uh, we think we have a good opportunity to attract some players here. And, you know, if you really think about it, I mean, Jacksonville is like what, like you said, is it, is that also two hours away, Jacksonville? Jacksonville is about four. Four? Okay. So it's an yeah. extra two. So, but still, though, I mean, obviously you're going to be battling a lot, like with AFC Mobile, the Jesters, uh, obviously yeah. Southern States SC. But are you really looking for um, that big rivalry with a, with a Floridian club like Jacksonville? Because let's not forget, they were originally an NASL side before the league went under, and then they just joined NPSL right. because they had a two-team there. Uh, is that, yeah, right. like, the goal, to have that rivalry with Jacksonville, not just your fellow uh, Panhandle states or Gulf of, Gulf of Mexico uh, rivals? Yeah. Um, actually, I actually lived in Jacksonville for five years before from moving out here to Panama City Beach in, uh, about a couple of years ago, but uh, – I really think the rivalry for us is going to be a little bit closer. Uh, uh, Tallahassee is two hours to the east. Uh, Pensacola, two hours mm-hmm. to the west. 
and, and we might even be competing for some of the same players. And definitely, um, you know, we play against them on a regular basis, both in high school and at the club level. Um, so I think that's where our rivalry is going to come from. A little bit of history about our club, actually. When we first started five years ago, we were actually a offshoot of ASG out of Tallahassee. So we have a, a relationship with with uh, uh, the president of the club out there. So I, I suspect our rivalries will be a, a little bit closer than Jacksonville, but certainly um, – you know, when you're talking Florida, I think any team in Florida, uh, we're always going to be up for. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, like I said, I think Florida has really gotten very big when it comes to player development. Um, so yeah. many academies, of course, uh, with those European clubs like PSG, that has, it's in Fort Lauderdale as well. Um, I believe Barcelona has an academy down in Florida. I could be wrong. Um, you know, many of these many of these big name clubs that are trying to, uh, you know, puncture into the American talent because now we're seeing Americans really getting, you know, noticed, you know, stateside and they're being brought over to Europe. But still, though, to see this club really becoming uh, a, a big, big stake to say, yeah, there's Pensacola. Yeah, this Tallahassee. Here comes us. We are here to make sure that our player is going to play for our club, and no, you don't have to go anywhere else. Like you said, you're fighting for players with those two sides uh, in your in your conference. So now you're going to make a stake, and you're going to tell them, hey, listen, you don't have to go too far away. You got us right in your backyard. Exactly, and and I'll be honest with you, Daniel. You know, since the announcement went out a few weeks back, um, we've been seeing players come out of the woodwork that we had no idea existed in our area. So as an example, uh, after the announcement came out, we had, uh, uh, there was a Jamaican league that was happening in the Panama city, Panama city beach area that we weren't even aware of. It was kind of an internal league playing amongst themselves. And, you know, they raised their hand and they're like, Hey, we're here. Hey, can, can we come check this out? So we think there's a lot of untapped. We know about the the players we develop and, and the other clubs and the high schools in the area develop. But uh, there's also some really untapped talent here that, that we didn't even know about that we're discovering since the announcement. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, let me ask you about that because, you know, that, that's something that I, I'm very I, – I hear that all the time. It's like, oh, you know, we got some talented players in this part here and that part there, but yet we never knew about this. What does that mean for you? Like you just, I know you just said it, but just to throw that – back at you just to piggyback on that when you find out that there's other things going on around you but you're not aware of it but then again here it comes now ever since the announcement was made that you're there you're going to be part of NPSL and these players already are thinking well maybe that's the next level for me now I don't have to drive so far to play for a team in the NPSL uh, that I might have to drive maybe a combined eight hours or six hours, depending on which way they go there and which way they return home. I, I mean, what is that like for you? Like, is it like Sea of Humanity or it's like you get a bombardment of emails? What is it that you find out that you're getting, you're finding out about players you never knew about that are now all of a sudden flooding your doors? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's both right. It's email it's social media, the way they come through, but, I think what happens is, and I, and I kind of experienced, I, I coached quite a bit uh, up in Minnesota before I moved down to Florida. And it was kind of the same way up in Minnesota, just different cultures. Uh, we had a really hard time in the clubs up there 
attracting some of the Hispanic and some of the Asian players to come play for us. And really, it's, it's just a, a difference in culture on what, how they view playing the game and training. And I think sometimes in the United States, we're so rigid about, you know, hey, you're going to join this club. We're going to practice twice a week. It's going to cost you $250. And, and, you know, some of these, you know, other cultures just get together and say, heck, you know, let's throw 10 bucks on the table and, and, and form our own, you know, little club and play every Saturday and, and have fun doing it. And I think sometimes we need to, you know, adjust on how it is we view training in the United States and to attract some of these players. And now, like you said, when the NPSL came available, then they're like, hey, you know what, we're here. Um, we just weren't interested in you necessarily at the club level. And so for me personally, as a general manager, it really makes me think about maybe looking at our model even at the club level to attract these players a lot earlier rather than later. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you there, and uh, hopefully uh, these players really want to be there, and uh, you know, give your chance, give give your club a chance to go forward. And like I said, you want them, they want you, and it's a match made in heaven. Um, and I've asked this question to the other people on the show, and I like to ask you this question. Obviously, uh, MPSL, besides a, a typical regular season, uh, there's also hopefully, you know, if you make the playoffs and you make a good long playoff run. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup is available to you if you can qualify for that spot in the NPSL. What, in your mind, you know, when you when you hear the U.S. Open Cup, what does that mean to you, and and how do you translate that to the players that uh, might get that opportunity if you do qualify for it? Yeah, yeah. The the Open Cup is kind of the antithesis of what our club is, right? It's it's the opportunity to compete at the highest level even if maybe nobody's even ever heard of you before. Right. So I think uh, certainly we have aspirations, you know, over the years to, to raise our competitive level, to, to be there and be in that U S open cup. But I think just the fact that it's there and people have something to aspire to um, the little guy, if you will, because even if you look across the Gulf coast conference, right, we're probably, we're probably the little guy on the block right now. But uh, uh, I think, really with the support we're seeing from the local community already and the players we know and don't know about, um, hopefully in a few years we can uh, aspire to be, uh, give the community something to, to look forward to there. Now, obviously you're going to be concentrating on the panhandle area and uh, the other clubs that are around the Gulf of Mexico, obviously in Mississippi and Alabama and, and Louisiana, but just to look at the entire state, how impressed are you, and at the same time, how proud are you of the amount of quality players that are being developed right now? And it's not just Orlando City. It's not just Inter-Miami. It's not just some of the other clubs that were part of the NESL originally, like, you know, Tampa Bay Rowdies or Miami FC. Um, you know, how exciting are you that maybe you might get a player that is from, uh, let's just say for the heck of it, Orlando City? They give you a phone call and say, listen, we'd like to send this guy on loan to you. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't shy away from it, but how proud are you, you know, to see the talent of Floridians in this game growing and growing and growing and becoming very good? No, it, it's really amazing. Isn't it? And even, even locally uh, within our own community, we are starting to see players now uh, being looked at by Division One schools, uh, both, you know, at Florida State University, you know, over in the Tampa area, over in Orlando. Uh, and to your point, right, it, it, it just really shows the amount of talent. And it also shows, you know, the coaching that's coming along with it. I think 
there weren't too many years ago where you wouldn't even talk about many players from the panhandle. And now there's, you know, a handful, if not more, that are really being top recruits at some of these D1 schools. And uh, it's very encouraging for the younger kids coming up to see that they can do that. And it's encouraging for really the area as a whole that the coaching, the clubs, and the things that we're doing are really pointing those kids in the right direction. No, it really is. And uh, I cannot wait to see going to happen with your club um so your manager obviously what type of style what type of uh tactics formations uh is your club going to move forward in next year uh what makes your guy what, what makes you guys tick yeah i think um i don't want to speak for the uh you know the future coach but i think we're probably going to incorporate the same style of play we play within the club level right now obviously we'll be trying to develop those players all the way through so um it's it's pretty much a, a 4-3-3 Maybe you might find a 4-2, you know, 3-1, you know, sometimes depending on the tactics of the game. But basically we'll be playing more of an attacking style, possession style, but we also like to press defensively, um, whether it be on a mid-block, whether we press high or we press low. It just depends on the competition, you know, and the situations we're in. But we'll definitely be more of a possession team. We're not looking to put the ball up over the top and just run on the ball. We like to work the ball out of the back, work it forward, and try to get in that attacking third as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be a lot of fun going into uh, 2021. Uh, once again, I hope you and your family are staying safe through this whole pandemic, and hopefully, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully, this whole thing will be over with as soon as possible. We can get back to our normal, normal. This is not a new normal; it's just a hindrance. So we're just going to move forward, and we're just going to make sure that we get back to where we were before this whole situation began this past uh, March. But still, though, I just want to wish you good luck for. 2021. Uh, really hope you and your team do well in the Gulf Coast uh, co- uh, Conference, and uh, you know, good luck and have fun. Hey, thanks a lot, Daniel, for the opportunity, and totally agree with your sentiments. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That is the general manager of the other roots, that is Mr. Larry uh, Ciccini as uh, Florida Roots, also Georgia Storm, Southern States SC. Uh, they are going to be joining the NPSL in 2021 uh, along with the uh, Panathinaikos in Chicago. And uh, this should be a lot of fun and cannot wait to uh, get this thing rolling, get this, oh, excuse me, get this thing rolling, get this thing going and have some fun. And, uh, you know, uh, and hopefully we'll have on Kenny uh, uh, again, the chairman of the MPSL, have him back up and running. And uh, obviously technical difficulties were there and that's not a big deal. And I'm just glad that we were able to have him on to talk about these clubs. But once again, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's great to know that you got new teams coming in, then, like I've said already, um, the teams that did qualify for the 2020 Open Cup, they will have their spots for 2021, like I said, like Atlantic City FC, like the Denton Diablos, uh, West Chester United, of course, uh, in NPSL, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, it's going to be very exciting, and, uh, and I cannot wait, and you know, when 2021 comes in, we will have uh, a fuller season, for the NPSL soccer shows, 
And uh, I cannot wait to uh, talk more to some of these clubs and and see what they can do and what's you know what tricks they have up their sleeves. So should be a lot of fun and it should be exciting to watch. And of course, uh, every match will be streamed, I believe, on MyCujo unless they go to some other streaming service. But for now, it's MyCujo, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I cannot wait for this. And uh, you know, sit back, relax, and let's. Count, count it down to 2021, and uh, we can have a, uh, a lot of fun here. Um, I want to thank my guests for tonight, the chairman of the MPSL, Mr. Kenny Farrell, who joined us tonight, uh, Mr. Nigel Bolton, general manager of Southern States SC, Stephen Bivens, general manager of the Georgia Storm, and, of course, just had on him right now, Larry Ciccini, uh general manager of Florida Roots Football Club. My name is Daniel Feuerstein, and this has been the NPSL Soccer Show here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, media partner of the NPSL. When we get another NPSL show, folks, we'll let you know when it will be. But thank you very much for listening tonight. Please, always, enjoy your football. Talk to you next time. Next Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show will be this coming Monday night. Rob Stone of Fox Sports and formerly of ESPN. We're going to we still celebrate 25 years of Major League Soccer. We're going to count it down as we go to Mr. Rob Stone on Monday night. And that will be October the 19th. Thank you very much once again. Take care. So long. Bye-bye for now. This has been the NPSL Soccer Show on the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Have a good night, everybody. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.